Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm here today. I have been so busy these past few weeks, and I don't know exactly when this podcast will come out and when you hear it, but since the pandemic has happened, I've just had to just reorganize how I do everything. And then, of course, we had, unfortunately, the killing of George Floyd and just so much unrest in this country and protest and looting and everything, you name it. And I've had to kind of rethink and reorganize how I do things. But one thing that has kept me sane has been connecting with the great people of Northwest Arkansas. And so I was doing that with the podcast before all this stuff happened. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to plow into this even more. And so today I'm sitting with the smartest person in the room. I put a video out the other day and I said that it's important that if you're the smartest person in a room, you need to find a different room. 
So today I am definitely, I found a different room and I'm in that room with one of the smartest people. And that is Sharu Thomas. Sharu is the founder of Oculogics, which is an outstanding company that was founded right here in Northwest Arkansas. I'm not going to butcher what they do. I'm going to let her tell her story. I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself. And oh, by the way, she is a Forbes 30 under 30 award recipient. I think it was just this past December. So again, she is the smartest person in the room. And without further ado, Sharu Thomas, how are you doing? (laughs) Randy, I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room, first of all. That's okay. (laughs) Just to clear the air there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. To give you a quick introduction to what Oculogics does, we build a digital order fulfillment platform so the 3 million plus associates in stores and distribution centers can do work faster. Yeah. And I saw you, you were on the the Big Pitch program the other day, which was a program that was hastily put together within the last month to create some opportunities for entrepreneurs of black and brown color to be able to grow their businesses. You were one of 15 businesses that were chosen to be a part of that. And I thought your pitch was great. You were right on point. You were very crisp. And uh, I think all the people that pitched were did really well. And I actually had a chance to sit in on the pre-session where they kind of talked about how you pitch and how you present yourself. And I'm a big Shark Tank person, so I get it. You got to get in and tell your story right away. So I love how you just kind of came right out of the gates talking about that. I do want to back up just a little bit because I always tell people every company has a great idea, but behind every great idea is is an individual that is able to create something, right? Because when you think about Google, you think about Sergey and Larry. When you think about Facebook, you think about Mark Zuckerberg, and the list goes on and on of all these different tech people that have built something or for anyone that has built a company. It's still somebody behind that that starts. So I'd love for you to tell our audience a little bit about who Sharu Thomas is and really what got you to this place right here where we are now. As I like to say, and everybody knows that listens to the podcast, tell us your superhero origin story. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would first like to call attention to the fact that it's definitely not just me. I have an absolutely incredible team. I know you met Tanner yesterday. Yes, I did. And he is just one of the many incredible teammates and supporters that we have as a part of our Oculogics journey. And I'm just incredibly grateful to have such an incredible group of people. I've said incredible like 15 times. <laughs> no, it's fine. Just, it's fine. It's a good adjective to use to describe things. But seriously, though, tell me, because I think even with that team, the idea had to come from somewhere. I know you've had some experience with some pretty smart people that were part of the Google Glass experiment, if you will. You've been involved in this space for some time. You've done research for some time. I was listening to a podcast where you talked about how just the advent of the technology that Oculogics is focusing on was kind of born back in early 2000s, like 2008 or somewhere around there. But I'd love for you just to kind of talk about you and how you got to this place. When you were 15, you weren't like, I'm going to start this company and help people go out and make more efficient use of how they pick groceries in the store. You weren't thinking that way, right? Absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. So how did you get to where you are? I mean, you went to Georgia Tech. Again, smartest person in the room, in this room, at least, if nothing else. How did you get here? I mean, what led you on this path that said, you know, I'm going to be a woman founder of a tech company. And I mean, who knows where it goes? I mean, you could be, I mean, this thing could be huge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Well, I guess it does start with my education at Georgia Tech. I was at the number one industrial engineering program in the world. Essentially, that's where I was introduced to supply chain and logistics. I did a lot of research with the current worldwide director of automation at Amazon. 
that's how I kind of got into the space of supply chain. It's a pretty big focus there. And then there was this really big event where I went to a hackathon with mixed reality devices. And that's where I kind of saw the power of augmented reality, mixed reality wearables. And I was just really excited by this idea that you could create something, a digital object that wasn't actually real. And so I went to go meet one of the world's leading experts on our campus, Dr. Thad Starner. Thad Starner is the inventor of Google Glass, Mm -hmm. and he's a pioneer of the wearable computing movement that started in the 1990s back at MIT Media Lab. He's an incredible person, an incredible advisor. And he started by giving me a book called Business Plans That Win Dollar Signs. Okay. (laughs) I like that. Who wrote that book? It's just from, I don't actually remember who wrote the book, but it's Lessons from the MIT Enterprise Forum. And he just had a box of them in his office and he gave them to students who came to him and said, I want to be an entrepreneur. Right. (laughs) And I know he was just joking, but he said something along the lines of, go take this, read it. And then when you're a billionaire, give me 10% kind of thing. (laughs) And he was 100% joking. Right, right, But it was still a huge compliment and a vote of confidence from someone I really respected and looked up to that really prompted me to keep coming back. So I ended up working with Thad as the lead of his order picking research. So the research projects were built and incubated over a period of over a decade from 2008. And I was the lead in 2018. We essentially were finding the best ways to optimize the order fulfillment process. And we ended up publishing our work at an international symposium, one best paper there. That's pretty much the origin story of the research behind what became Oculogics. Oculogics. And then you just kind of said, maybe I should start something with regard to that and let's put it together. Or, I mean, is that how Archaeologics was born? Well, so it's a little bit interesting. We were part of quite a few innovation competitions while we were still students. So we won second place in the Microsoft Imagine Cup. We won Atlanta Startup Battle. We were finalists for the Lemelson MIT Student Prize and this USPTO Collegiate Inventors Competition. So that was initial validation that maybe there was something there. But you learn a lot about pitching from those competitions. You don't really learn about how to build an actual business. Essentially, we ended up with $100,000 of seed money. When I was graduating, I had to make a decision. Do I want to go and pursue a PhD in computer science or do I want to become an entrepreneur? And for me, it was a really hard decision because research was something I was really comfortable with. But I was really drawn to the impact of an entrepreneur. I didn't like the fact that as a researcher, I would spend months and months slaving over a paper and then end up having three people read it. It was kind of frustrating. So I was drawn to the fact that as an entrepreneur, you could impact a lot of people at a global scale. And so that's how I kind of made the decision. Okay. All right. I like that. Well, I'm glad you made that decision. And okay, so you were in Atlanta. Why leave Atlanta and come to Northwest Arkansas? Yeah. So the next part of the story is we were picked up to be a part of this fuel accelerator program. And it was based in Northwest Arkansas, partnered with some of the biggest companies in the world like Walmart, Tyson Foods, and J.B. Hunt. And Because all of them deal with logistics and things of that nature. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah so. so it was a supply chain focused accelerator okay. right in the heart of NWA. So I took the opportunity and moved over here. What did you know about Northwest Arkansas before you came here? I knew absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Well, that's good. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Atlanta. Oh, so you are from Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. Okay, cool. All right. So you're from the South anyway, Mm -hmm. but I mean, you know, once you came here, what did you realize about Northwest Arkansas that really stuck with you and has made you say, wow, this actually is not a bad place to be? I think Northwest Arkansas has a very unique value proposition 
And the value is that there's these incredible companies based here, and they have huge operations that have a lot of problems within them. But the thing is, it's also a really small area. So it's a lot more accessible to get in contact with these companies than if you were elsewhere. I think it's just an incredible community. We were supported by entrepreneurial organizations like Startup Junkie, Endeavor NWA, all these great support organizations who are dedicated to making entrepreneurship really attractive in the region. And yeah, I think that was kind of, as well as, I mean, the low cost of living. Yeah, and, all of those good things. Right. So. I mean, at that time when you came here, did you think, man, I'll be able to build a strong team here or I'll be able to create something that, you know, maybe you couldn't create or maybe because you'd be competing with so many other firms, like if you were to go to Silicon Valley or someplace like that, that you wouldn't be able to attract the type of talent and skill set that you need? You know, it's actually funny because before I built a team here, I think it was in maybe July of last year. I was pitching for the plug and play supply chain launch because we're a plug and play supply chain company in the Valley. And there was a pretty prominent venture capitalist who was also at the event and he was actually a speaker. And he came up to me and said, hey, that was a great pitch. And I was like, thank you. And he said, real question, are you concerned about the talent? And I said, I mean... The talent in Northwest Arkansas. Right, the talent in Northwest Arkansas. And I said, I mean, I didn't really know what to say because I hadn't built a team yet. But I mean, now that I have, there's talent everywhere, first of all. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's absolutely ridiculous to think that there's only talent in Silicon Valley and Atlanta. And when you think about the pandemic and what that's done to the way people work, remote work nowadays, you're like, oh, where are you? Sure, you can work from there. And that's (laughs) that's it. So, I mean, yeah. So I think that's kind of like an old school mindset that a lot of people have. And I think if you operate and you run your business without limitations and and you don't do it from a place perspective, then you can consider a lot more options. 100%. I completely agree. And we kind of built our team around this like remote first idea. Some of our teammates are in the Valley, Boston, Atlanta, you know, just very spread out. And we kind of hire more for a fit in terms of do they fit with the team? That's not, that's just because our values are very like entrepreneurial. I guess we, okay, sorry, I'll, I'll start this over. No, I'm kind of like, I like getting, this idea. Cause I guess my next question would be to follow up with that is yeah. how do you define culture for Oculogics? Cause I think that plays into how you choose people Absolutely. to join your organization. Yeah. So I think that's important. I think it's really important too. I think all of our teammates have this fundamental entrepreneurial spirit. And that's what really separates them from anyone else in the world. Obviously, there's the other things like they can get shit done. Yeah. (laughs) And they're incredibly ambitious and bright. But the big difference is they're very entrepreneurial. A lot of our teammates are either past founders or they want to start a company in the future or they're really drawn to that innovative, fast paced kind of mentality that we have. When I spoke with your chief operating officer, Tanner Green, and actually he has a podcast episode that we will be sharing. It may have come out before this or it may come out after this. I'm not sure. But he shared some really great insight and talked about fast bags and what he's been able to do. And and I talk about this all the time. And I, I tell people, you know, maybe it's one of the reasons why Google has had such success and has been able to keep such great talent is because they give people a chance to kind of explore their own things, their own dreams and aspirations. Because Sharu has a dream, but Tanner also has a dream. And employee B over here also has a dream. And, you know, and, and the list goes on and on. And I think companies are starting to figure out that, man, if I give people 
a bigger sandbox to play in and give them the opportunity to try different things, not only are they going to help me continue to grow, but they're also going to come up with some other things that might be ancillary to what we're doing and might be complementary, or they may create something and then go off and be competition or just go off and do something else great. I think that to me is really what it's all about. Too often people say, oh, I'm going to hire somebody and I want to keep them forever. But I don't think nowadays the average young person, and we were talking about before the recording Gen Z, which is your generation, I don't think that they're looking at employment that way. I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think my thesis is, I'm going to not say thesis because I feel like that's an overused word. Oh, that's fine. I think what's worked really well for us is the fact that we've kind of understood what each of our employees' visions are for themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, what do they really want to get out of this experience? What can we offer them that they can't get anywhere else? And making sure that they have those opportunities to get to those goals. So we start by, I guess this kind of sheds a little bit of light into our hiring process. But as soon as we hire people, we start by asking them, let's create some like questions for you. What would you want to get out of this experience? What would you want to learn that when you look back, if you had answers to those questions, you'd be like, that was a good use of my time. So for instance, some of Tanner's, maybe I could share Tanner's because you know him and you know what a like, you know, clear and just incredibly thoughtful person he is. So Actually, maybe I'll pull them up because I don't know them off the top of my head. No, that's fine. Me, that's fine. Do you want me to real quick? Yeah, please. Okay. I'd love for you to share. Well, because I mean, you know, you never know who's listening and it might be, could be your next employee Yeah, listening to this episode. Absolutely. So I think, think it's good. I think that's, you know, it's funny. I was telling somebody as you're pulling that up, I was telling somebody that one of my dreams with this podcast was to really impact people to choose Northwest Arkansas as a place to live because they want to come here to work. And I actually had a guy reach out to me not too long ago. And he told me, he said, you know, I'm considering working for one of the big three. He didn't tell me which it was. So it was either Tyson, J.B. Hunt or Walmart. But he said, your podcast, listening to your podcast, understanding, telling you, hearing you talk about this area and how great it is, and then hearing your guests talk about it, reaffirm my decision that maybe Northwest Arkansas is not a bad place to go. Absolutely. And so I think it's great. That's, you know, you just never know who you'll find or how somebody will come about finding out about Northwest Arkansas. But I hope that this podcast plays a role in that when and where possible. So, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So. So I won't, I hope Tanner doesn't mind. I, I doubt he would <laughs> mind me sharing some of this stuff. But here are some of the goals that he had when he first started almost a year ago. So one of them is, how do you communicate in a team with remote work? He was curious about communication because building a team culture is incredibly valuable. He was also curious about how do you vet and hire employees? And he wanted to understand and learn as much as possible to become a valuable asset to the team. So those are just a few of he has seven different goals on right, here. Right. Those are just three of them. Yeah. But I mean, we had measurable ways that he got to all of those goals. So for instance, he actually just led this incredible rebranding initiative that launched on Monday. Right. So right. that directly addresses how do you create a brand strategy? Because he had to build it from the ground up. Okay. He okay. built our brand guidelines. He spearheaded the development of our new website. He's been kind of in the mud, right. in, in, the, in the trenches, in the trenches yeah. with all of our marketing and how we're positioning ourselves. And, you know, based on like market analysis that we did, he kind of takes that and translates it to make it easy to understand for people. Yeah. And that's something he's especially suited to do because he has this incredible clarity and he's a very visual person as well. So creating a visual story is comes really naturally to him. Yeah. Another one, how do you vet and hire employees? So that's a responsibility that 
more recently, I gave to him. In fact, he hired one of our latest interns all by himself. Okay. He's the one who started the entire interview process. I gave him some of the materials to get started there, but mm-hmm. he was leading the interviews for the venture intern program and was handling that entire process. Right. So he learned how to do that. And he definitely has become an incredibly valuable asset to the team. And I think he's understood a lot about our core business. So he definitely hit that goal too. So those are just three of the three of them. Yeah. Many and that's goals. cool. I mean, I guess at the recording of this podcast, he's been here about 11 months, according to him. That's what yeah. he said the other day. So wow. In less than a year, he has made his presence known. 100%. Okay. 100%. Right. And it's not just him. Every single person on our team has their own little piece of Oculogix. That's why I say it's not just right. Me. No, I get there's, it. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of moving parts and a lot, a lot of people of that make, that make it, make it move forward. So absolutely. Um, why don't you help just for our audience? So they have a complete understanding because it took me a second to wrap my head around the value add that you would bring to a client or to somebody that would use your service. But as Tanner kind of walked me through explaining what a picker does and how that works, which I thought is fundamentally interesting, you know, and I guess for the average person, when you think about like when I go to the store with my shopping list, right? Right. I waste a crap load of time getting through that store, partly because if I go to the store and I'm hungry, I stop at places and look at food that I want to eat, not necessarily what my wife wants me to buy. But a picker doesn't have that luxury to just be wasting their time going up and down the aisles. Right. And so I'd I'd love for you just to kind of take it from there and kind of walk through and just in the eye of the listener, help them understand exactly what Oculogix does to to make that process much more efficient. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the fundamental issue is order fulfillment is incredibly labor and time intensive. It accounts for up to 60% of operations. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So it's a huge problem. And essentially, we build tools for people on the floor so that they can do their job more efficiently. And we have three different products at the time of this recording. Sure. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, you're a pro now. <laughs> our first product is called Ox One. Okay. It's a hands-free picking solution and it works on smart glasses. It's a prestige product geared towards F50s who have really optimized buy online pickup in store or order fulfillment processes already. So it kind of gets them from, you know, a 90% to a 100% kind of level. And when you say a F50, you mean a Fortune 50? Yes. Okay, yeah, because I just want my audience to know, make sure they know what's an F50 because they're probably thinking, oh, she missed the one there. You mean the F150? And I'm like, no, she's not talking about a Ford (laughs) truck. So, But yeah, just just so that uh, everybody understands. But that 10% difference is huge. It is huge. I mean, we're we're talking millions of dollars. Oh, multi. (laughs) Yeah. Because think about also the scale of the operations at that level, right? Yeah. You know, they have up to 250,000 personal shoppers, right? Mm -hmm. So 10% difference. (laughs) It's huge. Yes. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. For one of our clients, we we could save not like two hours almost Mm -hmm. in their shift. Yeah. So from nine to 7.8. Okay. So it's not two hours, but it's like 1.2 hours. But that adds up over time. For each person. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. For each shift, right? So it's pretty significant. And then we also have two new products. One of them is called Ox Portal, and it's a bird's eye view of your floor operations. So it's more geared towards managers who are trying to optimize their labor. 
And so it does all this pick walk optimization. So for instance, it routes you through the store in the mm-hmm. most efficient way. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to see exactly who's doing what and how they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Are there any blockers? You know, you can handle that. And the third product we have is called Ox Outline. And it's a modular mobile picking application. So it's a bring your own device application. You can use it on a cell phone or current hardware like TC70s or scanners. Mm -hmm. And essentially, it is geared towards companies that don't necessarily have a buy online, pick up in store optimized process yet. Right. So they want to get up and running as quickly and as cheaply as possible while getting those benefits of, you know, the F50s, right? right? So that's kind of if you are just using manual methods like paper or, you know, Excel to pick, mm-hmm. that's what gets you from, you know, maybe 30% to 80 or 90%. Yeah. So it gets you to a really good baseline. So, so let me ask you this, was Ox Outline working and in, in play before the pandemic hit? It was not. <laughs> it was not. It was okay. not. Okay. So it was a pandemic pivot in terms of an offering for clients and a need that you saw that was there. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. We actually went from concept to launch in just four weeks. Wow. Yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Oh and, my God. Yeah. And you've put it's it into team. practice. What have you, what's the feedback been so far? Oh, it's been great. Users love the UX. Okay. Uh, they've really enjoyed that. We've been also like optimizing it on both the outline and portal side. So, you know, with feature requests that they have, we go ahead and prioritize them and then add them and make it as generalized as possible. So it's been really good. <laughs> Would you say that that one of the advantages that you, that Archaeologics probably brings to the table, especially for larger entities, is that when you go with another larger entity to provide this type of service, it may take longer for them to get iterations of what they're requesting. Whereas where you guys do it, it's like you ask for it on Monday and on Friday, you're presenting them with something that they can actually see and touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the key pain points that each of the products address are also kind of different. So Ox One is a highly customized solution. Mm-hmm. Ox Portal is supposed to fit this pain point of integration, right? So it's really hard to integrate all these ERPs or WMSs or whatever you have, right? right. So Portal is that intermediary that can kind of handle it all. And then there's Ox Outline. And it's just a really low cost, really low ROI I'll say affordable, actually, an incredibly affordable way to get your buy online pickup in store process pretty optimized or warehouse process pretty optimized if you're using manual methods. So So for the smaller mom and pop shop out there that's trying to participate and hang with the big boys, there is still hope for them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think as and Tanner kind of walked me through some of the things that that you guys were doing in, in the impact that you're making, even on a split, even with smaller scale entities, right? Because I mean, there's the HEBs of the worlds and the, the Wegmans and all these big, big chain grocery stores, Kroger's, and then there's smaller stores and um, your natural grocers and, and others. And, and, and then even local places like an O&F here in, in Northwest Arkansas. So there's a wide variety. There's a large audience that can really benefit from this technology. Yeah. 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 So. And we're seeing that especially is we're seeing that just rapidly progressing because of the pandemic. Right. Because people need to get food. Yeah. It's a huge need. Yeah. And these grocers are, you know, just throwing more labor at it. 
And at some point, it's just not profitable. You know, you're losing money. Well, especially when when most people don't realize when I, I learned back in the day when I was doing business studies and, and looking at the profit margins of grocery stores. I mean, we're like talking about pennies, right? Pennies on the dollar. So yeah. every penny matters. Absolutely. It really does. Yeah. So. Man. Okay. Well, I love that. I, I really do. And I, I think that uh, this is certainly a, a much more technical conversation for some of you that, that normally listen to the podcast, but I think it's good for you to share that. And I, and I want to just kind of pivot a little bit from this just to kind of ask you aspirationally, if there are young women that are listening to this podcast that have thought about getting into computers, that have thought about coding, and, and you know, you've called yourself a hacker, if you will, what would you say to them? What would your advice be to them? Wow. That's a really great question. Hmm. I mean, did you have fear when you got into this and saying, man, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, this is, you know, I got to put my big boy pants on or big girl pants on because this is a different environment that I'm in. Are people going to take me seriously? I mean, I'm just having real talk here. But I think because people need to know that. And I think what it takes is I've always told somebody, I don't care who you are. Once you've seen somebody do something, once you've seen somebody that looks like you, or acts like you, or talks like you, do something that you want to do, it's a lot easier for you to go out and do it. So there's probably going to be a lot of young women that are going to see you and say, man, that maybe they've read about you in Forbes. Maybe they, you know, they heard about you through something else and they saw you. And I don't know, maybe there was a young lady that was on the pitch, the, the virtual pitch yesterday and saw you and said, oh my God, she's doing that. I want to do that same thing. Yeah. So what would your advice be to them? For them to kind of, you know, get over any humps or hurdles that they may encounter, maybe even some that you encountered. Yeah, that's that's a really great question. So I want to just clarify: Do you mean like more practical advice in terms of like join a research lab or starting just projects? Just in general, or? I think just in general, because I mean, yeah, you, you, first of all, you got to be smart, and you and you've got to yeah. want something. Yeah. And, and I just, I would just be curious to know what your what your thoughts were. I mean, really, what pushed you? Right to kind of be able to do this and not be like, oh, A, I'm not in North, I'm not in Silicon Valley. I don't have a bunch of, you know, VC or private equity money that's pushing towards me and right. offering me the world. Not that that won't come and it probably probably will after this podcast. So, <laughs> so we, we can talk about my fee later, but no, seriously, <laughs> though, but seriously though, I mean, you had to think of those things. Yeah. And I think that informs how you are, but I mean, for a young woman coming up, a 15 or 16 year old that, you know, is pretty sharp, is yeah. already well advanced in school, wants to, you know, conquer the world and create new things. What would you tell them? What advice would you give them for them to recognize that, well, if Sharu can do it, I can do it? Yeah. There's this one book that I really like. It's called The Greatest Salesman in the World. Oh, yeah. Ogmandino. That's, Have that's, you heard it? Oh, yeah, of course. That's it's a classic. A classic that's right? a classic. It's it a is classic. a classic. Yes, it is a classic. So, oh, it's, a para- it's a parable. Exactly. It's a great parable. It's a, so, it's a great. Yeah. 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 I think I, I one of my book. recommendations would be to read that book. That's, that'll just give you a different vibrance, I feel. But I think there's also this aspect of people in power have a responsibility yeah. to you know break down the systems that don't support young people, right? you know, people in different communities. Right. So I think that's a really big aspect of it. And do you think Northwest Arkansas is a place where people in power and people that have opportunities in front of them make open doors for others? Yes, I do feel like that. I do feel like that. That's that really reflects a lot of the experience I've had with entrepreneurial support organizations, accelerators, just people in the community in general Mm -hmm. are very 
they love NWA. Right. And right, so it's right. just about building the community and making sure that everyone's like benefiting and that's what makes it so special. Right. So yeah, I guess some of my advice to young women would be read read The Greatest Salesman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now you're going to make me cuz I have I literally have that book on my I I read it like I've read it maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. There's certain books that I read over and over again, so I tell people there there you have to have certain books that you just have as go-to books. And that's one of them. Think and Grow Rich is, is another one yeah. that I, I like to read. The Profit yeah, is another yeah, good yeah. one. I mean, there's there's quite a few right. books that I like to read over and over again. So Absolutely. they're on my regular rotation. But that's a really good book. So now you've made me decide to go back and read that book again. But yeah. it's a great, it is a great parable. It takes 10 months, but... 10 months well spent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So. Yeah. And then the second, I guess, piece of practical advice is try to join research labs. I think that was really, really helpful for putting me on the right trajectory because you learn a lot of really technical knowledge mm-hmm. and it's hard to replicate elsewhere. Yeah. And so you, you basically end up learning about an intersection of two, like for me, it was like the intersection of supply chain and wearable computing originally, right? Right. And that's a very specific niche thing, you know? So I'm like one of the only maybe 10 people in the world who know about that because that's super niche, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I think research allows you to learn about something very specific, which can help. So that's also another piece of advice. But again, I, I think that there's also a responsibility for people who are at the top to make sure that those opportunities are accessible for everybody because, you know, they're not. Yeah, absolutely. And mentoring is important. So I think who you choose as a mentor is really important. I mean, there, those are, there, all of those things play into that. And I'm glad you outlined kind of like a game plan of what you can do. And I, I would just add to what you said about, you know, in the same sense that finding a research opportunity a research lab or research study that's being done that you can be a part of, is even just going to a firm that you admire and, and asking to intern there. Yeah. You know, just be proactive and just say, hey, I don't know if you're taking it, but I'd, I'll work for free, F-R-E-E, in exchange for exposure to what's happening. Well, I mean, I I would say you should always ask for payment, well, but I agree with yeah, your yeah, sentiment. Yeah. That's actually how Tanner emailed me the first okay. time. Right. He okay. just... <laughs> just cold keep, outreach. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. Yeah, that's right. We talked about that. Yeah. And and I, and I think what I said to him was, I mean, it's important to do that. And and you know, my grandfather used to tell me all the time, closed mouth doesn't get fed. If you don't open your mouth and say something, yeah. you're never going to be able to get something. I so, love that. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So, Actually, yeah. one of my favorite quotes that my best friend's dad told me was the best start is showing up. It's a very similar kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> message yeah. of just showing up and kind yeah. of doing it. Yeah. It's it's listen, I, I'm having I have three boys, fifteen, thirteen, and ten. So they keep me busy and I'm constantly trying to teach these truisms to them yeah. so that they get it. Because yeah. eventually they're gonna go out into the world and sometimes the world can be a very cold and unwelcoming place. But I mean you only get out of it what you put into it. So Absolutely. So, wow, Sharu, you you uh, you dropped some knowledge on me and gave me some things to that that I've learned. I uh, I really appreciate you know just the time to learn a little bit more about Oculogics, and I guess I could say 
that you're probably the first person that I've interviewed where I could legitimately say, man, when you guys become a billion dollar company, <laughs> I can look back to this podcast and be like, I remember I interviewed somebody that really did something big. And, and no, I'm joking. Everybody that I talk to is doing amazing things. And it doesn't have to, doesn't mean that you create a, a nine or 10 figure company. I think, I think if you, if you provide something to the world that makes a difference and makes people's lives a little easier, I think that's important. Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. So, hey, yeah. that's not true. Tanner no. was on here. So I know <laughs> so, for a fact yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I try to keep, again, I try to keep good company with good people. Yeah. But, but Charu, thank you so much. Any last words that you'd like to share with our audience before we, we close out this particular episode? Anything? What is commonly said? I don't know. Any words of wisdom? I mean, you already told us your favorite book. So I'll ask it this way. Since we are talking about Northwest Arkansas a little yeah. bit, what's your favorite restaurant? Here? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's this place called Calle Manila in okay. 8th Street Market. It's okay. a Filipino. Yes. Yeah. They have very place. good wings. They have some really good food. They have Amazing. really I went to the Taste of NWA last year and I had I had more samples than I should have of their food, but their food is really, really good. It's so, absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, that A Street Market is is amazing. There's a bunch of different stuff in there. I think Omar Kasem has juice palm in there. Hi. There's a there's a lot of different yayos is there, which is really good Super Mexican. Good so yeah, so there's all kinds of good stuff. But I mean, if you were talking to somebody that was thinking about coming here and they were like Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, what one thing would you say to them to say, hey, don't knock it until you try it? What would you say that really kind of got you over the hill when you came here? Oh my gosh! See, Cult- that's- culturally, right? I mean, right. just just from not necessarily from a work perspective, but what was it that like once you got here, you were able to exhale and say, wow, OK, you know what? I can do this. Yeah, that's a great question, because actually there's a lot of people who do react in that way. I know. Um, Trust me. I, my friends do all the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm from the Northeast. I, t- <laughs> I talk about that all the time. They're like, why are you going to Arkansas? Right. man?" First of all, there's no black people there. There's, there's all this. And I'm just right. like, listen, listen, black people are everywhere, first of all. But secondly. It's Northwest Arkansas is a special place. It is. And don't knock it until you've tried it. It you is. Know? So what do you say to that? Oh, my gosh. Well, I would say that, honestly, it's just an experience. There's some incredible opportunities here. And that's from visiting Crystal Bridges, which mm-hmm. is best museum I've ever been to in my life. And I've been <laughs> to yeah. the Louvre. Yeah, Louvre? right. I have to. The or, Louvre. Yeah, I don't even know so. how to say it. But <laughs> or Louvre. So... <laughs> Is that R-E silent or what? Yeah, but, I don't uh, even Yeah, know. so no, that's all good. And like Rome museums right. yeah. and Dallas and Atlanta and all these places, but Crystal Bridges is by far my favorite It's absolutely, museum. yeah, absolutely. Then there's 8th Street Market, like you mentioned. Right. yeah. A great place, super hip. There's downtown Bentonville, which has the Spark Cafe where mm-hmm. you can get super cheap ice cream yep. and milkshakes or whatever you want. The 5 and 10, I mean, there's a little bit yeah, of everything. So, absolutely. Yeah. It just has a very different energy that I think you can only feel, but you have to come visit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Well, I, I love that. So, well, yeah, folks, please take Sharu's advice. If you're not from here, if you're thinking about moving here, definitely come visit Northwest Arkansas. I think you'll like what you see. You can always hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at I am Northwest Arkansas and ask me questions that of places that you should visit. And uh, I'll be more than happy to share that with you. And you can always visit our website at I am Northwest Arkansas.com to get more information. Sharu, before you leave, tell us if people want to contact you, what's the best way for them to reach out? Yeah. Well, one of them is LinkedIn. That's okay. a pretty good way. Okay. Um, it's just, my name is Charu Thomas, C-H-A-R-U, and my last name is Thomas. 
Um, or my email, which is my name, Charu, C-H-A-R-U, at O-C-U-L-O-G-X.com, Oculogics.com. Yeah, and I'll put that um, in the show notes so everybody has it. They'll have access. I'll put your LinkedIn profile and different social media contacts for Oculogics so that way people can check them out. But yeah. listen, we, we've got a great company right here in our own backyard, folks, and, and we need to support them. So please reach out to Charu after you've listened to this podcast. Let her know what you think about what she's doing the amazing work that she and Tanner and the rest of their um, amazing team, I'm going to use that word again, is doing to, uh, to you know, make Northwest Arkansas a very fertile place to start a tech company and really do something big. So the sky is the limit. So, I mean, I can only hope and pray that you guys have a tremendous amount of success and that the world benefits from what you have to offer. Thank you. Thank you so much. And Actually, I do have one last thing to say. Sure. Shout out to my incredible team, Tanner, <laughs> Philip, Victor, Ice, Jasper, Will, everyone who's been a part of our journey. We're so grateful to have you. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you could not do it without them. 100%. Right. They're yeah. so yeah. valuable. We love you guys. Yeah, that's Oxfam awesome. Oxfam forever. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. Well, there you Sharu Thomas, Oculogics, thank you so much for coming on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Randy. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, folks, there you go. Another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. It was so great to bring Sharu on. And I'm excited to see what happens next with these guys at Oculogics. You know, they are doing some amazing things. You definitely need to check them out. Even if uh, you don't have a, a store or a company that could benefit from what they do, you still should see what companies here in Northwest Arkansas are doing to make this place so special. And uh, I just would encourage you to check them out. And if nothing else, just support them. That's the other thing that I love about Northwest Arkansas is we like to support our own. And so Charu is one of us. And so I would encourage you to reach out and uh, let her know what you think about what she's doing and how she's, um, you know, really building something special right here in our own backyard in the Ozarks. So that's all I have for you today. I will be back with you with another episode next week. Remember, you can find us at IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, at I am Northwest Arkansas. And lately I've been putting out a lot of videos uh, just because of everything that's going on. So I've been sharing my thoughts a lot more frequently. I'll be doing many more live videos. And eventually at some point in time in the near future, I'm going to do some live streaming of some of these podcast episodes that we do with amazing people like Charu. So definitely stay tuned for what we're doing here at I am Northwest Arkansas. We really, really appreciate each and every one of you. And our goal really is to provide you with great insight, great understanding and to focus on the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life here in the Ozarks. I will see you guys next week. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.